The task at hand is to compare and contrast Bitcoin versus gold. And what I'm going to share is based on some research and listening to a number of advisors and people that are well-known in this space and also in the financial industry. I need to start off by saying this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. None of that. This is just purely based on my thoughts and some things across that I've come across uh, doing research. So do your own diligence. Some of what I'm going to say you're undoubtedly going to disagree with. Some of you may become uh, agitatively <laughs> opposed. Totally fine. Every side of the coin has another side. So let's uh, just dive into this. I'm going to share some, some slides. I don't think you want to look at my mug for the full uh, discussion. So let's go. I'm going to approach this discussion in the context of a fictional person called Patty or Pat or Patrick. And we're going to go through the various stages from very simplistic to a little bit more advanced uh, understanding of what, what the differences are between Bitcoin and gold. So, Patty, you have a video game in front of you. You're playing your mom's iPad. And what I see on the screen is that you are getting rewarded in little gold coins. I can see the numbers racking up and spinning there as you complete various tasks. Uh, those <clears throat> little tasks generate gold tokens for the purpose of this game, which has value. You can use that gold to buy armor or upgrade weapons of various uh, uh, enhancements of the game you're playing. And that's how digital gold works, basically. There is a real gold, as you're probably well aware of, back in the Middle Ages, kings and knights use gold as a medium of exchange, a currency, a way to pay people, a way to buy things, a way to store value. That's physical gold. Physical gold is very difficult to manage. It's heavy. It's hard to get out of the ground, and it requires a lot of resources. It's difficult to move around as well. The digital gold, which you're familiar with already based on the video game you're playing, is very easy to to transport. I mean, how easy is it for you to carry your mom's iPad up to your room, out to the backyard, or into the car on a family trip? Super easy. That digital gold is oftentimes exportable to other games. You're going to learn more about this as you get older, but the value of the tokens you earn in this game oftentimes then can be transported into other games, and it's going to really enhance how you play video games and make it much more exciting, much more cool. So I hope that makes sense to you. Okay, Patrick, uh, you're 15, you have a job, they pay you. What do they pay you in? They pay you in dollars. These show up in your bank account in terms of ones and zeros. They're actually digital dollars, essentially. And this is based on a concept called fiat. Fiat is what the United States and several, many other countries' uh, <clears throat> monetary systems are based on. Back in 1971, the, <clears throat> the U.S. Co country went off the gold standard. It used to be that for every paper dollar you had, there was a score, corresponding amount of actual gold that could be redeemed. In 1971, that was removed, and the backing behind the U.S. dollar right now is the good faith of the United States government, which, as you're probably aware from watching the news, I know you're pretty politically savvy, watch a lot of uh, uh, chronic negative news on TV, and see that uh, we are printing tons of money in the United States, which is devaluing the fiat, the currency, the U.S. dollar. Just imagine if you were paid in gold coins or gold bullion instead of fiat. How would you manage that? How would you transport it? It's heavy. Are you going to keep it in your wallet, the trunk of your car? If you take your girlfriend out for some ice cream, are you going to pull out a chunk of gold and hand it over to the person at the counter? Of course not. It doesn't work. It's not a viable solution. Very difficult for a 15-year-old to come across gold. And even if you did, what would you do with it? How would you explain it? Where would you store it? And what could you exchange it for as a 15-year-old? Oftentimes, 
accounts are difficult for minors to open on their own accord. And so you're going to have to have your parents or some other adult oftentimes sign off on this. A very difficult and tenable situation. Now imagine if you were paid in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a digital currency. It's a digital dollar, if you will. It's a store of value. It's a method of monetary exchange. It's transportable. It's going to show up in your phone, on your phone wallet, or there's a variety of other wallets that can store Bitcoin. And it is secured by the trust of a computerized algorithm spread across the world. So there's really nobody that has say in what you do with your Bitcoin, how you use it, how you transport it, what you exchange it for. It it provides a method of freedom, which I know is very important for you as a 15-year-old to have that sense of autonomy as you become a young adult. The other cool thing about Bitcoin, which is a lot different than, say, the dollars you get from your your traditional job or gold, is that you can stake it or you can sort of pledge your Bitcoin to uh, an exchange company for interest. And the interest rate on those exchange staked tokens is massively higher than what you can get in your bank account. If you look at your bank account, which I've seen, the interest rate on that is less than a percent. And if you factor in inflation on top of that, you're actually losing money keeping your paycheck in the bank, which is not what you want to hear. You've never been told that by your parents, but it's the reality of how the current U.S. banking system and economy is working in present day. So just keep that in mind as you're, I know you're working hard, you're trying to save money for, for college and other things that you want to do. But in essence, putting that money in the bank and just letting it sit there is actually causing it to to devalue itself. It's just a, a sad reality of the economic system in the United States. Whereas Bitcoin has a completely different mechanism, a different uh, consensus, a different uh, community, a tribe. And we'll get into more of that here in just a little bit. Hope you found that helpful. Hello, Patrick. I know that you are an economic major and you are driven by global issues and what's happening to the climate is very important to you. So I want to ask you this. Do you own any gold? And if you owned gold, where would you store it? Would you store it in your dorm room? Would you stick it under your bed? Would you have a little safe or vault in your dorm? And uh, when you ask that girl out on a date and you have gold, what are you going to do with it? Uh, I know back in the late uh, 2000s, there were companies that were selling these little gold cards with the idea that you could break off a little chunk of gold and use that as a medium of exchange. Very difficult. I I challenge you to tell me the last time you saw somebody pull out a chunk of gold at any restaurant, sports venue, Uh, public event and actually pay for it in gold. So although in theory, gold uh, has been valuable and will retain value into the future, and I'm not anti-gold, I'm just telling you that the utility of it is going to be less and less as time goes on. A lot of people store gold as a method of um, trying to protect their assets as the United States prints more and more money, as do many other countries. It devalues the dollar. It's worth less and less every year. Gold has gone up historically over time, but it's been relatively flat over the last several years. And if you compare that to Bitcoin, which is a digital currency, digital gold, if you will, Bitcoin has exponentially increased in value over the last 10 years. And if projections by experts are right, the value is going to massively increase. Currently, here as we wrap up the year, we're right around $55,000 per Bitcoin. Some experts are projecting over a million per Bitcoin. Some are projecting much higher than that. And the reason for this, as you're going to understand clearly, is scarcity. Bitcoin is basically computer code, and it's pre-programmed to 
cap out at 21 million coins. So there's a finite supply. It can't be deflated like the dollar through uh, governmental printing and uh, poor monetary policies. And it's a method to store value, exchange value, and it's a medium of growth as well. So it ticks a lot of boxes in terms of of uh, money or or currency. I know a lot of people think that it's a scam or a hoax, but I really encourage you to do your own due diligence and research. It's very secure. It's run on a computer algorithm. The way that you access your account is through a set of private keys. These private keys are very secure and generated through a variety of cryptographic methods, which we'll discuss shortly. Contrast that to your bank account or your ATM. You use public Wi-Fi at the university. You've got a lot of computer science uh, people in your uh, immediate area. How easy is it for them to access the public network and hack your password, your account, and cause a whole lot of headache for you, essentially. The other point is that Bitcoin op- operates 24-7, 365. So imagine, you know, you're out with friends, you need a little bit of cash, you go to the ATM on the, on the campus, and it's out of service or out of cash or, 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 you, or you forget your card, whatever. What are you going to do? With Bitcoin, there's a variety of solutions digitally that can be available on your phone that allow you to access your Bitcoin and utilize that for a mechanism of exchange to buy goods, services, a burger, whatever. It's just a very simplistic way that gives you freedom, global accessibility, and portability, something that will never happen with gold. So I hope you found that helpful. So the final segment of this is talking a little bit about Bitcoin and gold. And a lot of the same mindsets that people who store gold or purchase gold relate and cross over to the Bitcoin community. The reason is of fear of the fiat system. So gold is a way to hedge against the fiat system, given that it's gone away from the gold standard as of 1971 in the United States. And Bitcoin also very similar. People are worried about the fiat system. They want to protect their wealth. They want to have an asset that is globally portable, decentralized, uncensored, trustless, and immutable. What I mean by that is that the transactions that occur with your Bitcoin are recorded on a public ledger. It's visible to anybody who wants to look at the blockchain. It can't be changed, manipulated, or subject to fraudulent activity based on the way the computer system is set up with consensus, with miners scattered around the world who are working to validate the transactions to ensure that they are in fact accurate and protect your asset. Gold, on the other hand, it is divisible, but only to a point. I mean, are you going to take out a knife and shave off little chunks of, of gold every time you want to fill up your car with gas? Bitcoin is divisible by very small units called Satoshis, uh, basically 1 million Satoshis per Bitcoin. So it's highly divisible. People worry about the scarcity issue, but they're thinking in global terms of of um uh, a binary zero or one. It's not just one Bitcoin or zero Bitcoin. It's fractions of Bitcoin. And as Bitcoin goes up in value, there'll be smaller and smaller fractions that are used to create corresponding value. Um, the immutability of it is that it can't be changed. Somebody can't go back and, and fraudulently say that, no, he actually said he was going to give me two Bitcoin instead of one. And so now, uh, Patrick, you owe me another Bitcoin. It doesn't happen like that. Uh, it's, it's borrowable. There's a whole branch of this called DeFi or decentralized finance, which allows people to borrow against their Bitcoin for rates that are much less than you could get at the traditional bank. I know you had talked about possibly buying a condo or a house with your significant other. And uh, traditional mortgage loans are, are low now, around 3 to 4%, but that's going to likely go up based on economic projections, whereas you can borrow against an asset you already own, and the interest rates are much, much better. 
That's one of the benefits of having Bitcoin. And then also the security of it. I know that a lot of people are worried about the security of it. They don't really understand the technology of cryptography. And just to touch on it briefly, the way that a person accesses their personal Bitcoin is through private keys. These private keys are an algorithmically, algorithmically derived key, which is basically run through something called SHA-256 a couple times, which is called hashed, kind of mix it up, if you will. And then it's run through RipeMD to shorten it up a bit. And then usually the final segment of that can be running it through another algorithm, uh, 58, to remove some of the numbers that are, uh, or symbols that are oftentimes confused, like a capital I and a capital one, sometimes can look very similar, or L, things like that. So it sort of shortens it down uh, to make it more uh, concise and less likely prone to error. A lot of the uh, technologies out there will automatically check wallet addresses uh, for accuracy so it can prevent some of the uh, fear of loss of crypto. So there are a variety of things that are built into the system which are much more complicated and beyond uh, my ability to fully explain them here in the short video. But I just encourage you to do your due diligence and really look to the future, compare and contrast where you see yourself in the future, uh, what is important to you now, security, autonomy, decentralized exchange, portability, honesty, immutability, trust, all those things are factors in when a person is deciding what and where to store their assets, if you will. So this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial planner. I'm just presenting this to you because I know you're very smart and you'll do your own diligence. And I really look forward to seeing what you do with this information and where you go this year and in the years to come. Take care. Be well.